What is up and welcome back to Zen Business, the show that studies health and mindfulness habits that ultra high performers use to reach the top of their industry and their craft. I'm your host, Jonathan Maxim, Managing Director at K&J Growth Hackers and founder of five digital companies. We've grown these companies to great levels and created an exciting and fulfilling life for our team members, but the truth is it was much more challenging than we ever could have imagined. All right, now let's jump in. All right, what is up? It is April 5th, 2020. We are deep in the quarantine. It is COVID-19 coming with the fury. So I'm in my home studio now, which I actually have no problem with because it's a vibe. You can see I got plants behind me, a little string of lights, some cafe lights, got some of my art on the wall. You can't see it in the photo, but anyway. So here today, we're going to talk about Zen business. Um, I'm going to do my preliminary intro episode to the show uh, to give everyone a better understanding of like what my philosophies and thinking is behind creating a show, why I'm doing it, what the actual benefit to you guys is. So um, I'm going to do some of this freehand. I've got some notes here, but I really want it to be authentic and from the heart. So I'm going to just kind of speak to it a little bit. Um, so with that said... You know, my name is Jonathan Maxim. I'm the founder of K&J Growth Hackers and also managing director, as well as uh, the creator of the podcast Zen Business. And Zen Business studies the mindfulness techniques that executives use to get ahead and create more growth in their business through mindfulness, meditation, fitness, anything that relates to being more present and healthy and really just embracing life. Um, so it kind of like connects this this career component to our life and ultimately creates a more robust and rich life for us all. Um, so I'm going to start with a little bit of background on myself. Uh, let's see where to begin. I grew up in Washington, D.C. I moved to California when I was 18 because my brother was living there and I wanted to live there as well. Uh, he was in the military, so he was able to like have me come out and crash. And I went there. I went to San Diego and I was like, oh, I'm never fucking leaving this place. So I ended up staying. Um, I just I didn't fly home. I had my mom ship my stuff and I moved in with a family friend, got a job and started going to community college there. In background to that, I was coming out of high school with a 2.9 cumulative GPA. It's nothing impressive, uh, officially average, <laughs> you know, part creative. I have a strong right brain, weaker left brain, part dyslexic. I, I found out when I was in my 20s that I had dyslexia. It's actually caused by hyperactivity in the right side of the brain, which is negative in the sense of like finance and analysis, but in the creative world, like say design or painting or whatever it is, writing, it's actually very favorable to have a hyperactive right brain. Um, that's the, you know, if you think of the left side as like uh, matrices and structures and rows and columns, then the right side is like a fractal graph of like, you know, colors and graphics just expanding in any organic direction. So kind of fuels the creative side. Um, but anyhow, you know, I got a Dean Calculus. I went to two different community colleges. I was definitely not cut out for success, if you will. I didn't consider myself, you know, today, I, I would say I don't consider myself anywhere near where I want to be yet. So I haven't reached the level of success that I think I'm destined for. But I do think some of the shit situations that I have endured and the times that I've been brought to my knees need to be shared. Um, because one, there's other people who are going through that and think that it's the end or that it's not going to change That life's always going to be like this. And I'm here to say that it's not, you know, everything is temporary. Like the Buddha says, the pain, you know, even life itself is temporary. Um, and it just teaches us to not be attached to it. But if I can learn anything from 
from what I've endured as an entrepreneur and all the hard times that come with that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share it and, and I'm going to help somebody else save the work of going through what I went through. It just doesn't make sense to experience it twice if you don't have to. So anyway, eventually I went on to San Diego State and I did my undergraduate in graphic design and later finished in business. I did my master's in marketing. So, you know, went from being this kind of like uber average, like high school kid. I was a skateboarder. I didn't really have much pursuit and much direction, but I knew like something, you know, inside me deep down was asking for more. And that eventually drove me to want to you know, go to the right college, go back and get my master's. And so, you know, this story is definitely an underdog story, right? It's, it's about somebody who didn't have the, the platform to grow from, I would say, but built my own platform. And so that platform is, you know, now KJ Growth Hackers and all the, the companies that I've started in the past that led us up to where we are today and ultimately are going to service you guys who are listening to, uh, you know, create more success for yourself. Anyhow, uh, just to tie off this career part real quick, I, I went to work for a big company. I went to work for Xfinity and I was a marketing strategist there. It was my dream job. I was, you know, in these boardrooms on the 56th floor with, you know, hundred different office chairs in them and like all of these high ranking executives, VPs, EVPs, even the C-suite would be in there. And, you know, it's a $50 billion company. So, you know, just me being in there and being in a suit and presenting my marketing strategies was definitely the dream job. And I was making a lot of money. I was taking home basically like 15K a month in pure profit. But I still eventually quit, which, you know, one should wonder why would why would you do that, right? And that's what I'm going to talk about and, and how since then I've created so much more business and success and revenue way beyond where I was. So, you know, it at the time it seemed very risky to do that, but... You know, over the years after hard experiences, you realize that the more hard experiences that you encounter, the more successful you become if you can get past them. So I took a lot of that money that I was making in corporate. I spent about $90,000 of it building a mobile app. We scaled that fitness app to 25,000 users and, you know, learned a whole bunch of different growth hacking strategies because remember, like, I spent all my money on the software development. I didn't really have much money for marketing. And so I had to get really creative in how we you know, promoted to the world. So we ended up doing like the early stages of influencer marketing. We did a lot of PR, got it published in Forbes and then in Mind Body Green a bunch of times. And that got us lots of users, really high quality users. And then we had to go viral on Twitter. Um, and so I ended up taking all of these techniques and methodologies that were done basically on a shoestring budget and then turning those into actual reproducible marketing strategies. So creating products out of them and creating processes that could be replicated by other team members, et cetera. So, you know, like building that app actually ran me completely dry. I spent all my time and money on it and it really ran me ragged. But becoming into such a position of desperation caused me to get very, very creative because look, I had no other choice. In December, 2016, I called my best friend and I said, dude, I can't pay my rent. And just, you know, eight months before I was working at a company, you know, making $150,000 a year, like how, how quickly life can change and, and how, you know, often we get thrown curveballs and, and have to do something about it. All of those experiences led me to starting KJ Growth Hackers, our new company. And, you know, between when we started that in 
2017, we were making five grand a month at the time, grew it to $500,000 per month in 2019. So just two years and served over 175 companies at this point, including TikTok, Monster Energy, Xfinity, the Bulletproof brands. And those negative experiences are really what fueled that growth when it comes to the agency, KJ Growth Hackers. And so that's really what we're going to talk about in this show is how to leverage those negative experiences, how to practice mindfulness through them, and how to come out on top. Just like right now, we're here in COVID, you know, this crisis of, of health and this virus. And now we're really being challenged. And we're actually going to look back and be grateful for this experience because for those of us who took it and learned from it, we're going to come out so much stronger, right? You're not challenged when the economy is good, when you can go out and do whatever you want, when you're making plenty of money. That's actually when you go take vacations and you go relax and maybe you could get out of gear and live a little. Um, But when the pressure is on, that's when we get creative. That's when we come up with strategies like, you know, I did for this fitness app and eventually turn those into a profitable company and feed me and 15 other people on our team. So be really grateful for what we're experiencing right now because you're going to look back on this and be so thankful that this happened if you put in the work now. You know, if you're consistent and you're continually improving, then you're going to be really grateful for this period. If you slump and you say, I don't want to work, I need to recollect myself and all of this, start losing your schedule, you know, losing your routine, maybe not learning as much, then you're going to really regret this and look back negatively on this period. So you know, when we look at the company K&J, I attribute the growth of it to two things, a culture of mindfulness and a constant sense of pursuit. And so that's really what Zen Business is about. And that's what we're going to be dissecting all the time, because I want to be able to make that into a handbook, a playbook for you. Um, I learned all of my insights about running companies from listening to podcasts. I've listened to Tim Ferriss's podcast, which has over 450 episodes. I've listened to all of them and they're two hours long. Listen to Tom Bilyeu, Andy Frizzella, all of these podcasts. Lewis Howe's gone deep on them, hours and hours. And that's why I'm recreating it in this format for you guys. So that's what I want to share with you. How does a culture of mindfulness and equanimity look? You know, how do you create that culture in your life and in your business? And then how to constantly find jet fuel to propel you forward and be more mindful and in constant pursuit of what you really, really want. So with that said, I want to talk about the breakthrough moment and what led me to mindfulness, because I think everyone has a a breakthrough moment, especially in their early adulthood. You know, they're like mid 20s, I would say. Um, For me, you know, we have this app via fitness. It's it's 2016. And me and my buddies are renting a penthouse in Philly and uh, some rappers asked if they could film a music video there. So we invite them in. And it turns out that one of them is Kanye West's producer. And so him and his whole crew come in and they actually produce a track in our living room and they're there for like five hours. They spent the whole evening there. And I end up talking to this guy, Charlie, he, I end up talking to his manager and his manager eventually connects me with Kevin Hart and Kevin Hart offers to invest $2.2 million into via my fitness app. And so I chased this down like it was my last breath, right? I, I went to California. I did a roadshow, an investor roadshow. I went to San Francisco. I pitched a bunch of companies in Silicon Valley. I went to San Jose. I went to San Francisco itself. Went down to Los Angeles and down to San Diego. And I pitched investors all along the way. I created this round of investors. I had Kevin committed. His team said a thousand percent. We're in. And 
ironically at the time, Mercury was in retrograde and one of my friends and mentors told me like, yo, just know that like things could get fucked up right now. But I, I kept chasing this opportunity, right? Like I had their word and they were going to invest. Then I had gone out to California and I met with the teams, with the management, et cetera. Long story short, the, the deal eventually falls through, right? They have problems getting it through legal because Kev is signed with Nike and Nike was a direct competitor of our app at the time. And, you know, there's another business they invested in with a few other celebrities that was going bad. Another young founder like myself was not, you know, making the business successful. And so they kind of like reflected that on me. And it was 11 a.m. And my co-founder was like, hey, Kevin is going to be in Philly. They're going to unveil the new mural in North Philly where he's from. And you need to go there and you need to be present and shake his hand, go meet the staff, go meet his team and go finalize the deal because they're not on the on the East Coast very often. You know, they're all from the East Coast, but they're all living in Los Angeles here. And I was like jamming the keyboard away at my desk and I knew I couldn't go. I was having anxiety and like, we're under a ton of pressure. We we're about to do this big launch um, with the city of Philadelphia. And I was doing basically all of this manual labor myself. And my co-founder kept asking me and like bothering me and begging me, et cetera. And I eventually like started shaking and I went up into my room and then I basically had a panic attack. I like laid back on my bed. I was like shaking and then started crying and then I just fell asleep. Right. And so like, what all happens up to to this point to get somebody to this position? What are those steps that break somebody down so bad that you have a fucking anxiety attack, right? Work is not supposed to do that. Entrepreneurship is not supposed to do that to people. That is a product of our own behavior. That was my fault, right? And, and that happening was the tipping point. That's really when I decided I'm going to take care of myself, I'm going to be in good health, and I'm going to meditate every day, and I'm never going to let this happen to myself again. And all of that was surmounted by the fact that I was under financial pressure because the deal was falling through. I was supposed to get all of this money, like $400,000 out of this deal, and that all fell through in a moment's notice. So that's where the shift happened for me, and that is what drove me into the world of Zen business. So as I took on more coaches, I began to realize that I was getting much better in business the more mindful I would become. You know, every time I would meditate, I would become less attached to things, people, experiences, circumstances. Wasn't so attached to my company. You know, as entrepreneurs, we tend to be very, we, we treat our company like it's our baby, when in reality, it's just a third-party entity. It is a legal mechanism. It is not a human, it is not a person, and it is not our masterpiece. As much as we put our work into it and make it our masterpiece, it doesn't represent who we are. And we need to learn to separate that. And as I became more mindful, I started being able to separate that because back in the day, it was always, you know, this mix, this like blurry mix of like work and life. I also noticed I wasn't getting so butthurt when people told me no, you know, like losing that deal wouldn't hurt so much because I was more stable on my own. I had a stronger footing. You know, every time I meditated, I just got better at persuading people, being more candid and direct with people. Obviously a huge tactic when it comes to selling well. Soon I started standing my ground more, 
You know, I wasn't being so like rattled and thrown around when people, you know, would do things that I didn't like or that didn't support my goals. I would be more direct about asking for the sale. I'll be more direct about asking people to pay me when they owe me money. That is incredibly important in business and especially as a service business person. You need to be able to ask people for the money. When they owe you, you can't be too nervous to ask them. You can't be awkward about it. You need to come with conviction and clarity. And all of these mindfulness techniques made this stuff easier for me. Being candid, being confident, you know, not fearing conflict. I became confident in my own value because I could actually see it clearly. You know, I'd spent all this time quieting down and looking in that I began to see how powerful I really was, right? Like how, how much of a privilege it is for people to be in my presence. And these are the kind of things, if you're rushing all around, you do not have time to stop and appreciate that. And so that is really the basis of Zen businesses. This meditation is going to make you fucking bulletproof. So when you go into scenarios that challenge you, you can take it by the horns. Instead of getting scared and backing off, you're going to run and grab into it. So there's a lot of reasons why mindfulness has helped me in business. It's not just about making a good career. It's about feeling a real regular sense of satisfaction and happiness in my daily life and in my work. And then creating that for you, right? Feeling truly happy, feeling truly fulfilled. And we don't get that if we're too busy to appreciate, to feel, to see, to smell, to taste. We have to actively be practicing that. It's about making a real contribution to others and feeling happy about that, right? Like seeing a reciprocation of value, seeing yourself be valued in the world, seeing other people have a positive experience with you. It's about connecting more authentically with other people, being straightforward, hanging out with people who you fuck with and fuck everyone else, right? Like being authentic right up front. Is this somebody that I vibe with? Is this somebody I want to connect with? Yes or no? Understanding that way earlier on so you don't get deep into relationships and and lie to yourself because you're infatuated or because they have some kind of political or power pull that you want to be a part of. So Zen business is about becoming more present in those micro moments and, and enjoying that euphoria of vacation, but also just enjoying the tiny moments of bliss, whether it's like me sitting here and doing this podcast recording or sitting by the pool just experiencing that fully and, and really enjoying it. You know, I'm very inspired by this creative work. So that is a sense of euphoria just for me. And when we meditate, when we have healthy techniques, when we journal, those all bring those experiences more to the surface. So it's like this, this spectrum or this, you know, rainbow of experiences in life. And instead of just experiencing the middle two, you know, red and orange, we're getting all the other colors of the of this life and experiencing them fully, right? Because we're stopping and we're, we're evaluating and looking at things and taking it all in. So this brings me to my point, why did I create Zen Business? Each day I meet with new business owners, right? In fact, this past week, I took 31 calls from different execs and owners of businesses. Since January 1st, I've spoken to 171 companies, executives and C-suites. I gather so much when I ask them questions because I'm a salesperson. So I'm asking questions all the time. My role in, in sales and our rule here at K&J is to be talking 30% of the time. The prospect talks 70% of the time. So I'm getting all of this insight and perspective and data from 
other business owners, you know, 170 of them at this point in this year, just alone in the last three months. And I asked them so many questions and there's a lot of stuff I take and apply to my own life. But there's a lot of stuff that I see in others that I don't want to do, right? Whether they're being short-sighted or they're being, you know, penny pinchers, et cetera, or whether they're just being fearful. I, I notice these things. And so I'm taking all of these learnings and I'm going to apply them back into the show so that you guys get a hand up on your business, on your life, learning from all of these insights I've gathered from these people. So in my daily job, I'm talking to a ton of executives and, and business owners, people who are successful, quote unquote, but I also have gotten to meet a lot of my mentors. Once I moved to Los Angeles, you know, there's celebrities everywhere here. And there's a lot of the authors, creators, entrepreneurs who I really look up to. And so I started meeting them along the way. People I had listened to for years, you know, like Lewis Howe I started listening to in 2016. And I met him in 2019. And I met him again and again here in 2020. So these are people who I had known for years and I had listened to their podcasts. I had read their books and I had really gained a lot of value from these mentors. The only one I haven't met here is Tim Ferriss. I can't wait for him to come, but I don't think he likes LA. So, so be it. But either way, along the way, I met Tom Bilyeu, the founder of Quest Nutrition. He grew that company to a billion dollars and sold it. Now runs uh, an amazing podcast called Impact Theory. Met Rob Deerdeck, who was a role model of mine. You know, he's a, a, a top skateboarder, but also now an entrepreneur and an investor. And I've looked up to him since I was like 13. I was like buying his his DC shoes when I was like in high school. And this guy had made it back then, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And now I meet him, right? All of these years I had idolized this guy and I meet him. And so I like asked him as many questions as I could, you know, I wanted to understand his brain. And of course, Lewis Howes, Ryan Holiday. I've read so many of his books. I love his work. He's a big time stoic and meditator. Met Andy Frizzella, the, the founder of First Form. He grew that company. I believe it does like 400 million a year in revenue, like hundreds of employees. Met Dave Asprey, who is, I would say like the father of biohacking. So, you know, ketosis, meditation, um, cold and hot therapy, UV therapy, uh, infrared, saunas, ice baths, all of that stuff. This is like the father of that. And so I actually worked with a bunch of his companies as my clients, and I got to really download his perspective. I work with people who are investors in his companies. And so I even got to hire Dave's coach as my coach. Her name's Amy. She came and spoke at one of our retreats. And so I, I just had, like, had all this amazing exposure to these role models. And like I'm, I'm wondering, how do I download all of this like crazy insight I'm getting from them and share it back with you guys, right? Like make it real relevant value that you can take home and apply. And one thing I noticed every time I would meet with a business owner through K&J or I would meet with a, a role model at an event or, you know, getting on a call with them or working with them as a client, I noticed a few things about them. They're always doing edgy shit, right? They're always trying out crazy techniques. And that's kind of my work as a growth hacker is I'm always trying crazy marketing techniques. Now, I'm noticing that all my role models are trying crazy edgy techniques, right? There's got to be something to that. And some of those techniques are they meditate during the mindfulness. They are actively trying to be more present in their daily life. 
And then they don't only do this, this culture of Zen in themselves, but they build this culture in their company. So now everybody, you know, who's working at their company is sharing those same good vibes. They are being candid with each other. They're being direct. They're getting more done. They're more confident, etc. So each person feels empowered in themselves. And that's really where the network effect happens is when they implement a culture of mindfulness in their company. Now, I big time on company culture because it's basically like a tribe or a family, right? Like it's a bunch of people who like working together, like making money together and share a lot of values. There's companies that have culture that we don't agree with people who do unethical stuff. They sell too hard, whatever reason, you know, it's a culture we don't like, but when you create your own company, how you craft the narrative within your company is going to determine how successful you are. And if you put mindfulness at the center of that, I guarantee you, you will make more money. Guarantee you. It's a lot, huh, boys, boys and girls. So the, the thing that I gathered from all of these experiences, you know, at this point, I've started five companies. K&J as an investor in a marketing AI software, a tutoring platform, a rugby e-commerce company, my other company, Friendly Paws, it's like a CBD for dogs. So we've got this huge track record of crazy ass experiences. And this all comes to a head of what techniques were used to build success along the way. What helped us close more deals, get more trust from people, make relationships last longer, etc. And it all comes back to creating the culture of presence and equanimity and mindfulness in ourselves and then implementing that within the company. Now, I'll say, I didn't write no corporate handbook when I did K&J's cultural design. In fact, all I did was live it. I was super responsive with messages. I was positive. I rarely got angry at my employees, very rarely. And I, I noticed another executive doing that when we were going through this acquisition and we ended up not doing it because of that. But she would always yell at her fucking employees and it would drive me up the wall. And that destroyed her company culture. Everyone was talking trash behind her back. So I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And I'm also not going to force this down people's throats. If they want to be a part of our tribe, then they can vibe with us. If not, so be it. No problem. You're just not one of us. And go find a company who, who is. And I'm sure you'll do really well there. But for us, I started hearing our employees talking about how much they love the family and they love the culture and how hard we work and how inspired we are and how much we're always learning and stuff. And I realized that all came from Kale, my co-founder and I. It all came from us just doing, just being, right? We didn't have a corporate handbook, like I said. We didn't go and force them through three weeks of cultural training and stuff. It was more about just living it and being it. And then we started to develop more corporate assets around it, like, you know, a company handbook, an onboarding guide for our new clients, uh, a welcome packet for our clients, a bunch of stuff that brings us together, like t-shirts and tank tops, et cetera, hosting the retreats. So I've seen all of these techniques and this mindfulness have such a financial and spiritual impact on my life that I need to share them. I need to share it so you guys can get the same benefits. Even if you have to learn a lot of the same hard lessons, at least you have a foundation of knowing what to expect, where you're going to, where you might have pitfalls, how to understand that other people have gone through this too. And you're not the only one because it's easy to feel alone in entrepreneurship. I mean, I'm sitting in my house alone right now, um, but how can I impress this knowledge upon you 
to make you more well-equipped to handle tough scenarios, to close more deals, to have a more robust team, to have a more successful company, and really to have a happier life, a company that allows you to buy your time back, give you money, and let you live the life you truly want to live. This is what makes me feel fulfilled. Seeing my learnings save somebody else a bunch of time, effort, and money. I'm in the service business. This is about serving people. My work all day is building marketing campaigns for other people. So it's about serving them, serving them service that's so exquisite and quality, it's going to multiply the business that they have. It's going to multiply their revenue. And this is why I love the techniques. So we're going to get dirty in this show. We're going to get nitty gritty. It's about tactics, micro strategies. It's not all just like happy-go-lucky, like, oh, let's go meditate and feel good and feel happy and go do yoga and stuff. Yeah, that stuff's all cool. It feels good when you're doing it. But the truth is, is we need very clear, nitty-gritty details on how to get these things done. So I'm going to go into a lot of details on these narrative episodes and explain exactly how to do it, you know, exactly how to get published in Forbes, exactly how to control the the body language in a meeting, exactly how to use your mindfulness to persuade other people into what you want. So it's about gathering shit you can actually use in your daily life. So that's what the show is about. All right. Well, I hope this background on myself has set a good precedent from my perspective, um, my vision, what I want to serve you guys, and a little bit about my experience and, and vantage point. And so with that said, um, we have a bunch of exciting episodes coming up. I've booked some of my favorite role models as speakers on this podcast. And so we're really going to unpack that and go deep with them. So if you have a specific request of a guest that you want to see me bring on the show or a topic that you want me to cover, let me know in the comments below or just shoot me a DM on Instagram. At it's jmaxim, I-T-S-J-Maxim, the handle, I-T-S-J-Maxim on IG. And then I'll reply there or I'll weave it one one of the episodes that we've got coming up here. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening and watching. I'm really looking forward to building an amazing platform and community around mindfulness and teaching more people about being present, happy, and positive, and actually making a real contribution through their business to this world. All right. We'll see you in the next episode. Peace.